everybody. Welcome back to the Short Free Games Talk podcast, episode number 14. I'm your host, Chrissy. I'm your co-host, Clyde. And we're going to talk about some short free games games on a podcast. That's what we do. That's what we we used to do. We've been gone for a minute. On a regular basis. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right, so we have a bunch of games uh, this time that are very similar in nature. Uh, it's like we picked out, or Clyde picked out, a lot of like visual manipulation games, like shape manipulation. Would you call them shape manipulation games? Mm. Mm. No, I would call them, I, I, it's it, imagery, Im- imagery manipulation uh, well, I guess they're not all like such obvious shapes. I mean, it is visual. Some of them have sound, but I don't think that's. Oh yeah, no, definitely not. All right, well let's 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 get right into it. Do you have one specific you want to start with, or do you want me to just start with the first one I have on my list? Um, I have a source of color first. Do you want to start with that one? Yeah. Okay. So the first one is a source of color by Rosden. Okay. Go ahead. Um, you, you, your little mouth was moving. I thought you had something you wanted specific. Uh, well, I mean, I think this is a good basis to start with. Uh, the source of color. I, I, in fact, I, one of the things I like about this game is the title itself, which is the proper pers- the not the proper the the perspective by which I think that it's fun to think about relating these games. Okay, a source of color. Yeah, like if you start thinking of them all as like a source of color, it kind of like broadens you uh, uh, your expectations and allows you to compare them all more easily. That's interesting because I would think it would like limit your expectations. You'd think they were all about like generating color. That's exactly what I'm suggesting. <laughs> this broaden them and limit them in my case. Well, I mean, com- compared to like. Uh, well, I, I think of um, uh, uh, having a source of color is something that a lot of things can provide you, right? I, I could walk around a parking lot for a source of color. Okay. 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 So in a source of color, the base, just to give a basis of the game, uh, there's a, a round black disc. It's effectively a cursor, but it's it's noticeably large. Yeah, that you can move around with your... Wazd, Wazd. Or, or possibly arrows, I don't remember. And there's like some ambient tone in the background. Okay. And when you press space, space color lines, radio. You know that screensaver where the thing kind of like bounces from corner to corner? Oh. Well, lines of color come from the disc that that are straight and bounce around. Similar to that item in the screensaver, but Which, they stay as a strand. Yeah, and the, the lines stay the same width. So as they get farther away from their source, uh, uh, they cover. They have less coverage of that air, of an area. Yeah, and yeah. When, when they come out, they all come out a similar color tone. So a lot of greens, a lot of oranges, mm-hmm. yeah. a lot of browns. Yeah, it seems like, it seems like a color mixed with black and white. Uh, one of the most striking aspects of this game to me is that when you press, so it's like a real chill game. Like you can imagine like 
Except for the sound effect. Of That's it. where I was going with this. Like, it's a chill game. You got your ambient tones. You got your color, you know, bouncing around. But when you press that space bar, it's like a... It's a drill. It's yeah. like a drill. And it's not anxious, but, you know, it, it sort of doesn't blend with this scene. Mm-hmm. It has this... It's, it's, I'd say it's violent. Off-putting... So it's like you want to see the things bouncing around, obviously, but you don't want to push the button. Well, what what that ended up doing for me is it it made it so that um so I, as I as I play the game, it's like I'm moving around a cursor and kind of like almost doing a paint pour, right? Okay. Uh, but then when I was watching you play it, it it gave me a different sensation, and it was like um uh going back to screensavers, uh you you know that one where the stars are coming at you yeah so it's kind of, it had that kind of effect where when you would press the button it would be like you would be going forward okay okay when i played today it was the first time i actually held down the space bar for like more than one color variation mm-hmm. because before i was just pressing it really fast and then watching everything kind bounce of bounce around and finish yeah. off yeah yeah like because they they eventually stop yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, uh, I want to press the space bar as little as possible. It is. I'm so curious about why they added that sound to it because it's like the focus of the game seems to be to add the color, but doing it punishes you. I I suspect that uh, it's almost like a default thing because I think is it a click team game? I have no clue. I well, I'll, I can say that like in in a lot of games when you when you fire something off, you can basically have it give a sound effect. And so if it's constantly firing it off every frame, it's going to be giving that kind of sound effect. But it seems like the sounds in it are intentional because there's like that tonal, like relaxing quality yeah. going on for the most and part. And there's such an obvious contrast. Yeah, it seems like they don't want, it seems like the game is trying to prevent you from actually doing the thing that makes things happen. It, it it really gave me the sense of like you feel like you're i, I feel like i'm drilling like uh, like you got like some sort oh, of water drill you got some sort of water drill yeah and it's like you're drilling through a multi-layered colored stone or something and, and it's coming and up. it's coming out yeah oh that's a really cool uh way to think about it um i the the thing that i found most noticeable about the game was that i wanted to control the colors uh, oh really so the way that the choosing of colors works is that it it does at any given time it basically gives you one color that's mixed with blacks and whites uh to give you a ver- variety of things that are radiating mm-hmm. but it cycles through colors automatically so mm-hmm. so if let's let's suppose i hit down the space bar and green comes up okay and then i don't hit down space bar it's going to move on to like uh bluish green and then blue and then bluish purple and then purple and and so it's like it moves through the color wheel wheel even when you're not holding it down so then when you press it down again later it's going to be wherever that color range is currently so okay let me ask you a question let's say it's green if you don't press it down again for five more seconds is it going to be green blue or is it where it would be if you had pressed it down? it is where it would be had you pressed it before oh that's really interesting so you can kind of time it to only get greens if you want yes but so here's the thing about doing that. Okay. If you try to invest in that and you hit it and you're like, 
and you're you know you've gone to a different this is portion. what happens when you ever try to invest in anything ever but <laughs> i've gone to the another portion of the screen where i want this different color to be i've managed to hit the space bar at the right time to get the color i wanted okay right but then it kind of spreads you know it's like it's like it, it's hard to it's hard to estimate how much it's going to cover the screen so the this is i i think it's worth bringing up like um acrylic pores okay because i think this game has a similar kind of vibe to it oh do you mean like with this uh what is it called like this paint? flow painting flow painting yeah do you mean acrylic pores like is as in flow painting? yeah okay because it's so different it's it's not you're never mixing the the cup yeah you're never mixing it on the on the on the canvas either it's staying very specific lines in fact i mean you're kind of carving out new lines constantly yeah so it feels sort of almost like the opposite yeah you never have yeah it, it does seem different the, 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 i guess what what i was thinking of was that it lacked control in a similar way but it actually lacks control in a completely different way. Yeah. It, it it's the fact that it covers so quickly in this game. Like any any time you press it doesn't even if you press it down just for a moment, you're going to do so much coverage. It's interesting because today I was thinking kind of the opposite. Like that I wasn't doing a very good, like like how difficult it was covering the whole screen before I figured out I could just hold down the space bar. Oh, really? Yeah, because I I again uh, do not hold down the space bar because of the sound. I tap it. Mm -hmm. So I just watch the things come out and it takes a really long time to fill up the back. And then when I held it down, I was super impressed. Like, wow, you can really cover some area. Uh, I have, a, I, I wrote down um, a couple of subjects. I want to, a couple of words I want to bring up for each of these Ooh, examples. Okay, that's great. But I can't find them here on the phone. But I think I can remember it. Okay. So um, I want to talk about what the uh, what the perspective is as the pers the 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 eye, which is which is the player. The player, yes. Okay. So um, I want to talk about the per there's the perspective of this game. Like, how how do you see it? Uh, yeah. Actually, I'm really curious about why you wanted to talk about this game because. For me, it just seems like a toy. Yep. So, so why wouldn't I want to talk about a toy? Uh, because well, because I don't think there's or I don't want to disregard it in a way that says there's not more to it than that. But I was curious about what kind of conversation you could have about something that that seems very basic. Um. So, what like what's the perspective of it? I don't understand the question. Like, we, I think we talked a little bit about it being like a, a the idea of it being like a two-dimensional surface that we're covering, mm -hmm. and the idea of it possibly being like a, a, a three-dimensional surface that we're moving through. Okay. Okay. But the three-dimensional surface that we're moving through, it's like we, we have a fixed perspective, and we're really just picking the point at which we are pressing through the surface. Okay. So the reason I'm bringing this up is so we can compare it later to other ones. Okay. Yeah. Be clear because I don't really understand where you're going. Okay. 
I, I just I, we need to get to other games in order for that to come together. I see. So you weren't going to bring up the words of your specific words that you are. Well, perspective was was one of them, and then and then another one is um, uh, the object, kind of like what is the what is the um, what is the thing you end up looking at? Okay, so remind me again what you mean by perspective, where you are on the screen. Basically, where the camera is. Okay. And and how it moves. Okay. And then the object being like the the kind of the what you end up looking at would be a way uh, to put it. Okay. And then the the third the third concept um would be um uh shoot I forgot perspective uh, object. Oh yeah the uh the visual basically the visual effect like you could think of it as the mechanic or or just the medium itself. Like, so the thickness of the lines and the fact that they bounce around would be the example here. I mean, I don't think you should be up here, sweetheart. She doesn't care. What do you think? Um, okay. Okay. So then it seems like uh, we should do a comparison of that game because I have the four snakes, but that seems like a Let, well, less let's, game. Let's mention Catacombs of Solaris. Solaris. That's the one you want to bring up next? Well, specifically because of the pressing through the material. Okay, because I... Islet is okay. Oh well, no. I mean, you can do what you want. I think I like thinking about Islet next because it seems like the opposite, maybe. Okay. Uh, to me, but still a similar thing. You have a flat screen of color, and you have shapes of light moving behind it, and that's what you're controlling is the shapes of light behind it versus the shapes of light that are the color you're actually seeing. See, I don't think you're controlling the shapes. You're controlling being able to see them. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But you're not like changing the shapes at all. Right? Yeah, you're not changing you're not changing any shapes in the first game either. I agree. But you you said you're changing the shapes. Well, you're changing what you're looking at through movement. Right. So, okay, you're choosing, you're changing. You're, you're moving, you're moving the camera around the shapes or possibly moving the shapes in front of the camera. Okay. Should I not talk about this game a second? No. I mean, okay. So this is Islid by Aaron Oldenburg. And it's a game where you see a colored pattern on top of a screen. And behind it, when you move, you see lit up shapes. Right? Is that an accurate way to describe it? Yeah. Uh, it, the, um, the shapes often don't have a, uh, they, they often have a fuzziness kind of like a shadow or a light. Um, uh, I think rotation is really key to this particular game too, hmm. where it, it feels like, um, the, I guess the rotation of what's essentially the camera filter, that, 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 that layer of color on top ends up having, to me, that ends up having a big effect on. It feels like I'm const. It feels similar to a source of color in that it's a, it it's a 2D plane I'm looking at. Yep. Um, from above, from above, or you know, from like per, what would that be? Perpendicular to it. Okay. But um, in this case, rotation becomes a huge aspect of it. Really. And it, and and so well for me, yeah. And so the. I didn't even know you could rotate. So the way it, the way it works is if you hold down the mouse button. And move the mouse button around, I think, a central point. 
it turns you. Okay. And so um, what I found myself focusing on, or the, the object in this one, uh, for me, would largely be uh, orientation. Like it was, it was, I was largely orientating myself in, it, I felt like I was exploring the 2D plane that was much larger than the camera in finding shapes, uh, fi finding lights and finding shadows. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the first time I played my goal was to, you know, obviously see what was there. Uh, but the next time I played, it seemed more like you're walking in front of somebody's house and you're kind of peeking in their curtains kind of thing. Like, you know, something's going on back there, but you can't really tell what it is. But you have like a hint of it yeah. from the light that you're getting. Yeah. It has that kind of effect for me. Did So, so did you did you feel like you were ever able to kind of like hypothesize what those shapes implied? No, never. No, it, it. But it did feel like there was something they were implying. Yeah, it it always felt like I was an outsider. Huh. It wasn't it. So comparing it to the first game, you're in complete control, even though you're not in control of the color or the shape. Yeah. You're you're in control of when it happens and where it happens, and how much it happens. I think that's that's a really good explanation of, of of how how the two compare because it it's like in a shape of color it kind of like i was saying uh, i would estimate that i would affect the screen a certain quantity and i would also and it would also be a challenge to for instance pick which color i wanted and your focus is more on controlling it yeah and and then in islid it's like you quickly have a sense of how much you control and you have no difficulty doing that, but then you're using that control to discover what's already there rather than creating something. Yeah, and and what you do find really doesn't mean anything. It's sort of like you get to find something and that's all you're going to get. You're going to get excited because you see something. Yeah. But it's not going to mean anything to you. So it's sort of like you're an, you, you're you're a voyeur of I, this game i see what you, i see what you're saying you're, you're really making out shapes right yeah 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 that already exists yeah 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 so, so you're a bystander. what i read in the description is that it is uh supposed to represent the hypnagogic state oh okay so yeah i actually thought that was kind of interesting that is interesting yeah uh because it seems somewhat I don't know, accurate, but you know, and it seems like the same type of it, right? Yeah, but but in, instead, it's not like, I guess when I think of hypnagogic states, I think of states. I think of um mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of hypnagogic state states, I think of like the room, kind of like not being sure whether or not the room is reality or not, like. Mm. Uh, oh, like almost, you're having hallucinations? Yeah, it, it, like a hallucination where I'm just not paying attention to whether or not something is real, to the to the point where things kind of like change gradually as I'm not paying attention. Whereas this is more like um, this was more like taking a nap during the day, so it's like really well lit and you can see all the shapes. Oh, behind like when, your eyes. Oh, behind your eyelids. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's what I was thinking about. I think that's totally what is being represented. 
but I don't know if that's, uh, I just want to make a disclaimer, even though it's not necessary, is that all of our uh, ideas on what these games are about doesn't necessarily mean that we think that that's the artist's intentions, and I don't want to give their games meaning that they're not intending this is just for fun. Well, it's going to be really hard for that artist to tell me something that's going to be more convincing than <laughs> that was that's that is being in a room with your eyelids closed when the lights are still bright. <laughs> I know, but I don't like it when I don't want anyone to get mad at us because we're saying what their game is about when they had a different idea. Yes, I I can I can understand why you would have a hard time with that after nailing it so hard. <laughs> well, I did read what it was about. I cheated. <laughs> Yeah, but I did not think of hypnagogic states being like the back of your eyelids. Oh, oh well. I mean, that's kind of what it looks like, though. I, I'm completely with you. That's it. You're you're sold on that. Yeah. One. So when you originally uh, originally on our list, it was these two games of Source of Color and Islid, and I think this is one of the main reasons I wanted to talk about it separate. Secondly, is I wanted to know why you put these two together to compare to begin with well because in both cases you're the the motivation for the player is largely to affect the visuals you have and not really having any distinct subjects that you are active acting towards object in as game objectives right okay so it's it's like it's all about you're basically looking in a way, you're kind of looking through a camera, and and you have some amount of effect of the of the visuals, but your the motivation for the player seems to me to be like, what can I make this look like in a way? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and they do it in very different ways. They do do it in very different ways. It is interesting to see how many visual manipulation games we played and how different they are. Yeah. It is really interesting. Uh, so you want to talk about the Catacombs of Solaris next? Um, not necessarily. Well, I already said it. We already said it twice. We've got to talk about it now. Okay. The Catacombs of Solaris by Ian McClarity. McClarity? I think it's, it's McLarty. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah, I apologize, too. <laughs> This has never been our strong point. In fact, I think it's always been our weak. If you wanna if you wanna say that we suck at something, it would be name <laughs> pronunciation. It would be really where our strength is not. So, um actually it's funny because I saw this game, you know, when you you're on itch.io and you're downloading and they're like, Hey, you like this game? Why don't you pick out this game? And this game was suggested to me, and I was like, how can I not pick this? Look at the screenshot. It's like a thousand little tiny pixels of different colors as a hallway. And I was like, I have to pick this. This is so what we're talking about in this podcast. And then Clyde looks over at me playing it, and he's like... What was uh, I was like, that was the game I was looking for before I realized that City of Lights would apply to. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it, This one was meant to be. This game is crazy. Talk about. Yeah. Go ahead and can you describe it? Can you describe the I, game? I'll describe it briefly. Uh, briefly. You basically have visual noise on the screen that you're navigating through. So it's as if the walls around you, walls, ceiling, and floor are all this visual noise of like pixelated color. Uh, but when you stop and look around, 
it's as if the um the it's not as if it is <laughs> the the structure that you're navigating through either changes or the walls are repainted in such a way that whatever you stop to look at then becomes uh the current perspective the current picture of the hallway but the hallway has changed its place you're so walking down the hallway it's a total mind fuck yeah every time you stop you're walking down the hallway you stop and the hallway becomes a branch of two other hallways and what you were looking down is now a wall it's crazy so i want to i want to i want to bring up gimmickiness on this because i think that the i think that that i don't know if you would call that a mechanic or not but that 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 aspect of the game, the way it changes and kind of fucks with your brain, it becomes like, I mean, this is essentially an optical illusion game, right? Yeah, it totally is. So it's very successful in that. So I, I, I guess what I want to say is like, I want to, I want to be able to look at this game beyond the novelty of that. Okay. Oh, okay. So we're looking at this game more as in like a color manipulation, shape manipulation game than we are the fact that it's a game where it's an optical illusion because it's totally an optical illusion. Yeah. The optical illusions are shape manipulations. A source of color is not an optical illusion. No. Islid is kind of an optical illusion, but it's an easy one to figure out right it's yeah. like it's like after you navigate around a little bit you you understand where the camera is and how the layers are moving behind it catacombs of solaris maybe if there's people that are more perspe- perceptive on this type of thing than i am they have a much easier time but for me it's like i never actually figure it out i i have a really hard time figuring out how the 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 changes are occurring okay and so it becomes me controlling it only for trying to figure out how it works the entire time oh okay okay yeah i think maybe because you're a game maker the way you think trying to figure out how it works is different than me figuring out how it works because it was like super obvious if i stopped it was going to become a branch like nine times out of ten four times out of six so it wasn't, it didn't feel hard to figure out. Uh, it seemed like an easy thing to control even. Really? Yeah, that I could just stop so I could create a branch. Would you be able to paint a picture by, mm-hmm. by moving around? Here is the thing. One of the things that benefits you from moving around is that it makes, the la- it makes all the colors kind of buzz and throb. And if you stand still, everything becomes static. So it seems like moving is in your benefit because then the the landscape is moving. And when you're still, the landscape becomes still. Does that make sense? The visual effect, the visual effect, not visual effect. What is it? What is it? We called it the, you know, uh, optical illusion. The optical illusion to me isn't so much that you have the path that stops and creates branches as much as uh, all of the the walls are moving and shifting when you're moving and shifting. Well, okay, the walls aren't moving and shifting, are they? They are when you're walking. 
so did you replay this game or did you watch me replay it uh, both okay and did you see that all the colors all it's like buzzing it's like moving when you're moving and one of the reasons i originally stopped was to watch it move and then it stopped moving whenever i stopped moving and that's when i noticed it turned into the hallway okay i'm trying to i'm trying to understand what the difference is between the colors buzzing and simply like textures going past you as you move through a corridor oh because you're looking down a really long hallway mm -hmm. and when you're moving it's all becoming like a weird throbbing kind of shape because you're moving like static it's becoming static you okay when you say static you mean television static or you mean like unchanging like television static okay i this is very difficult for me to comprehend what you're saying because you didn't see this i guess not oh that's interesting it's so especially with the tiny pixels the thing that the thing that i notice about it is like how things stretch when you turn okay so it's like some so it's kind of like sometimes there'll be what's essentially a higher resolution where it's a ton of pixels in one little area and then if you turn that will stretch to make all the pixels longer like you know okay. horizontally yeah and sometimes sometimes that seems to happen enough times in a row where you end up with a very low resolution image oh interesting where it's a bunch of giant pixels so is that how you tried to manipulate the images is to decide I, like the size I of could, tickets i could pixels? never i could never get to the point where i was actually trying to use my knowledge in order to change the picture oh really i was always trying to just figure out how it works i was I, that that was the entire time i was playing the game just trying to understand like when is it when i'm stopping what happens you know that kind of thing so what do you oh sorry what do you think the difference is between like uh the color what is it called uh, a source of color in this what as it uh, is it because one you're 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 able to walk because you can move in both of them you're like making color happen in both mm -hmm. of them yeah yeah well well one, one does give you the impression that you're walking through it while the other one gives you the impression that you're possibly drilling through it but you never really feel like you never really feel like you're moving through a space it, it's it's always more like you're going through layers or something or if, if if that if not adding layers to a two-dimensional surface yeah because in in the catacombs you don't feel like you're in control of anything in fact you feel like the opposite like you're you don't have any control of anything i, I think it's kind of like the, essentially a, a two-dimensional a two-dimensional illusion of perspective is being applied to to uh the the image in it's really confusing yeah. it's really confusing is it let's move on to a different game and then see if we can apply it okay but i don't know if you want to use perspective object visual effect well no i think we discussed all of those on this okay uh how about lee went to flounder's house and this is what he told me by karen kane quasi otter uh this one to me was a lot like Islid. A lot like Islid. 
Tell me why. Uh, you are on the outside. You're, you're sort of like a an all-seeing over person who can control, like, balls. In... Yeah, there's there's balls on a some sort of conveyor ramp kind of thing. Moving into your screen. Mm-hmm. And you can see through those the color shifting. So instead of seeing colors behind a curtain, you're looking through a hole in the curtain, in yeah. a way. Yes, and in yes, and the holes are instead of the holes being something that um, is physically attached. The holes are not physically attached to substances in the scene that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. It's that they are, they're basically objects which through which you can see a different perspective. Yeah, that you fill up the room with because the more you have, the more you can see. Right. Until you have so many in the room. So how is that similar to Islid? Uh, to me, it's still, I still felt like I was peeking into something that I didn't understand. I was trying to control my, I was trying to kind of control the key or the buttons in order to overlay it over to something I could recognize. Yeah. Sort of the same way I was doing in Islid. So I guess, so once the balls filled the screen enough that it essentially becomes your screen. Mm-hmm. Um, then it becomes sort of a different game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think I even got there the first time. I don't. And I filled it up. I don't think I realized what I was doing. It is. I, I, I see this being kind of similar to Catacombs of Solaris in that way, right? Where, where, Tell me. Where when you first start the game, you your mind establishes a very particular perspective, which is you're looking at this scene where these there's these balls and the balls are covered in camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can see through them and, and you realize what you're seeing. Yeah, and but... It's like the negative space is the the dominant visual scene. Oh yeah, that's a really great way to describe it. But then at some point it switches over in your mind and you realize, yeah. oh, I'm now I'm the controls I'm using to make these ball to make more balls is actually moving my character through the scene that the camera is showing me. Yeah, you have so many balls that the negative space is now all of the space. Yeah, and in the dominant aspect becomes moving a camera through that space. And now that so the balls you, are showing, but you still don't know where you are. No, you don't know where you are. But like you said, it does become a, a different game. It does and, become. Yeah. And so I think Catacombs of Solaris basically gives you that switch, just far more frequently. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But this one isn't so much of a confusion. Well, I did get lost. That's true. I didn't know where I was the whole time when I was trying to maneuver inside of the negative space land. I uh, I was trying to just just not go back to where I came from. Did you did you feel uh, motivated to um, I guess uh, place and enjoy colors? After that switch happens, I didn't even know it was possible. The to me the 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 rooms have have almost a a, a priority of color and visual. It's it's not like a house of mirrors mm-hmm. completely. Like it does have that aspect to it, but it also feels like it's. Mm, 
boy, this is hard to describe. It's like, um, it feels like the priority is putting colors in particular places where navigation is possible, but not as important as composition, visual composition. How are you putting the colors in places? Just by moving around what are essentially rooms, but the rooms are designed in a way that they emphasize um, color and pattern more than they emphasize actual space that you should be exploring. So I can see, okay, so this is more like the catacombs where if you go down a certain hallway that has certain shapes, you're bringing the you you are going to create more of those in shapes. a way, yes, and like not in a not in a not in a mechanical way as much as a or a way of just providing the organization of that, okay. and and establishing that there is some sort of faultiness to perspective through that first portion. Okay. Of the game. Yeah, I think. 100% of my focus of this game is in the first part. Uh, but I'm a negative space person. I really like negative space. Yeah. Uh, things that are associated with negative space and focuses. Uh, so once I could explore, I sort of lost interest in the game. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I didn't spend a lot of time on that. Whereas it seems like that's where your focus is of this game. And So... Okay, one, one of the reasons that... I guess there's two reasons I really noticed this aspect. Okay. And, and, and one is that I never really got good at navigating the space. Even when the camera is filling the most of the screen, it still feels like um, so many of the walls uh, are similar. I don't think that there's any sort of um, lighting differences that, that give you a sense of like corners, for instance. And so you're kind of like... You don't have the the visual cues that allow you for orientation through three dimensional areas. Okay. Um. So I I never felt like I was good at moving around it. So yeah. what I end up doing is like kind of like appreciating it as a visual effect, even though I can tell that I'm largely affecting the visual effect by moving through three dimensional space. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Let's talk about a uh, city of lights next. Okay. Do you want to start talking about it? Sure. So, did, did you talk about perspective, object, visual effect? I won't ask you again if you don't want me to. I mean, if there's one particular that, yeah, or three particular that you don't know of, I mean, did did I talk about those, or did you? Object. I guess I don't know what object means. So, like, when I'm thinking of object, I'm thinking of, um the thing that you find yourself focusing on for orientation or meaning. Okay. Okay. The, a good example of that is a game that's going to come up later, which is um, La Forte. Okay. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't, I, I don't have any idea. The, the forest. The forest in, in French. French. <laughs> <laughs> so the, you, you end up focusing on the trees and you focus Accents. on the moon. Yeah, that's right. The, okay. uh, I think of oh, those, those as like the an objects. objects. Okay. So in Le, Le, Le Flounder, is that how you say it? No, there's no L in that. What, 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 what is the Flounder game called? Oh, oh, I thought you were trying to say the forest in French again. Lee went to Flounder's house. Lee went to Flounder's house. So in Lee, Lee went to Flounder's house. And the, this is what he told me. The, the obje- I, I think that the object is not actually the room itself, but like almost the, ca- the, the camera itself. I see. Okay, okay. That's interesting. 
So uh, we're talking about City of Lights. Yeah. So City of Lights also, also allows you to manipulate the image. By Ian McClarty. By using the moving through a three-dimensional space. Oh, okay. So last, the first time I played this, like you had to move me. I, I had like a hard time maneuvering. This was like the first, one of the first like Glory Train type games I played okay. that you introduced me to. And I was like, I don't even know how to move. And I think you like moved it and I just kind of watched it. So this time I moved it. And if you just keep moving, I don't know if you've done this. Have you ever just hit D and held it? I don't think so. Oh. So does, does it just increase the symmetry? Increases. The music increases. Okay. The symmetry increases until it gets so fast it stops. It stops? And it ends the game. Really? Yeah. There's an end to the game. There's an end to the game, and I've found it. <laughs> hey, can we pause for one minute? Yeah. Before we start talking about this game? Sorry, I was trying to do it before we started talking about the next game. You're fine. Uh, da 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 uh, the fact that she appreciates that I've included three words to ask on each of the games. And the reason that she feels motivated to ask me specifically on each of the games is because she doesn't understand how these games are connected. That is right. I don't. Well, I mean, I can see like how they're connected visually, but I don't see how they're connected as in like why we're talking about all of them together, I guess. Other than the fact that they all kind of look similar. So. <clears throat> the reason I'm interested in talking about all of these games together. Is because. If you like. Remember how we were, I was t talking about how I like the title A Source of Color. Yes. And how it creates a specific expectation for what your objective is. In the game? Yeah. I don't think that it's necessarily the objective for every one of these games that yeah. was intended. But I think that all of these games work very well towards that objective. So if if you start if you start like basically looking these are games that do well when looking at them as a source of color. Okay. But I feel like I'm having a hard time connecting them other than the fact that they're all visual manipulation games. And it seems like our focus here is connecting them. Well, I maybe I'm wrong. I I no, I I I would say that our focus is actually contrasting them. Okay. For, for for me, for me the the comparisons are pretty well established. For you maybe not so much. But for me, they all feel like they have a really similar kind of objective, uh, but they use different techniques to, to, uh, to um, different techniques for visual manipulation. That's interesting uh, because I feel like they all have very different objectives instead of similar objectives, and they're using sort of a similar thing in order so, to achieve them. So, what would what would be like a a different objective? Okay, so a source of color and the the catacombs game objective is very different. 
one you're supposed to get loss in the color and the other one is supposed to you're supposed to like bring it out you're supposed to like bring it forward and the other is you're supposed to maneuver through it so do you th do you think there's an exit in the catacombs of Solaris? No, you're supposed to find your favorite room. That's the objective. <laughs> is your favorite? Does your favorite room have a very specific look to it? I I found my favorite room. <laughs> you did. Yeah, it's the one that has the most spaced out pixels instead of the smallest pixels. I like the really long pixels. Yeah, I mean, you really do start like finding things you like more than others and trying to gravitate yourself towards them when you're maneuvering through see, there. Well, I, I would say that the source of color has the same quality to it, where especially since it's it's you're using the same simple mechanic that you don't have much control over and you have a, <laughs> a, a repeating cycle of colors that you don't have many choices between, that you, you're, you know, you're basically... Am I going to put green in the top left-hand corner this time? Am I going to fill the screen up with it? Am I going to put orange in the bottom after that? I wonder if... And, and, it, and it ends up being like you're p picking your favorite room, right? I Yeah, I think maybe one of the big fundamental differences between me and you is that I'm so sound-driven, and so I can't get past the sound that making the colors make to even focus on the color i'm so focused on that it's making that sound every time versus the normal sounds and i'm trying to figure that out and how to like avoid it <laughs> so i i can't even focus on trying to manipulate the images as much as i'm trying to focus on that the fact that there's some reason they made it so abrasive. The sounds are too distracting for you to pay attention to the colors. That is correct. And Catacombs of Solaris has no sound. That is correct. And the fact that the sounds are so very different in the color game makes me think it's intentional. That I, it, it's just, it's like, hey, you two. It's like a giant... Uh, this is my fault. I put Hanya on the couch, which is typically Einstein's spot. Oh. I apologize, everyone. I had to get her off the table. <laughs> that that it's, it's... Trying to figure out that mystery distracts me so much that I can't move on to the color part. Trying to figure out the mystery of why they made the sounds the way they did. I understand what you're saying. I guess my... Is that worth focusing on? I can't not for the. I mean, for this discussion. Oh, no. But whenever you talk about all this stuff, I can't identify with it. When you're saying you find it similar to the catacombs because you're creating your favorite spot, mm -hmm. that doesn't happen to me. Because of the sound. Because of the sound. And, and you can't, like, imagine it without sound. I can't imagine it when you're describing it. But without you painting that picture, I'm just trying to tell you why I would not pun. have made that. Did you intend that pun? No, I didn't intend that. I, I'm trying to describe why I wouldn't have made that connection without your description. Okay. Because I'm limited. Okay. But you can see it when now I... Now that you're describing it. Now that I do it. say it? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, to, to me, all of these games allow us to pick our favorite room okay then what how would you say that with uh 
It's a great question. I think it's just that the... I think that's so... See, that's what I find... I think that that's the most interesting comparison. Really? Yeah. Because it's so much more difficult than the others to me. Like, even, even Flanda's house, like... Yes, it's so clear that you're navigating through a space, mm-hmm. and that implies the objective of finding something. I don't know that we were clear that when you see everything, it's like a lot of lines of color. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like areas of like angular walls of unshaded color. Yeah, unlit colors. I think they're unlit, but they have that effect anyway. And so it's. So, with Islid, it's like, Islid's the one that feels like, feels the most like there's something already there when you show up to me. Like, even more than the the, the Flanda house one. Okay, yeah. I, I, really, wait, that one feels like there's something already there? Because that Islid one feels does. like you have the least control over it. There is no wait, favorite room in that one. Flanda? In Islid. In Islid. Islid is it feels like Yeah, I don't I don't ever feel like I don't ever feel like the the shapes, lights, shadows are like somehow randomized or coming into being. I feel like it's more like um this I I can see why you would think so if you if you think that it's representing I the back of your eyelids when things are clearly lit outside but when I'm looking when I was not looking at it that way I was just I was seeing it more like um I kept on using the metaphor of petroglyphs like or like um uh like stone age kind of graffiti and this idea of like almost like moving a filter across rock in order to discover that there was um you know, ancient fingerprints, basically. Okay. So it it felt like I was I was almost like looking using X ray glasses or something in order to reveal what is on a surface. Okay. Uh, rather than, um, having a projection screen that abstract shapes occur on. It didn't seem like that. But I feel like we are. We should mention that there's a little drawing of a person, a little tiny, teeny tiny drawing of a person. So that wasn't me? That wasn't just me that thought that was a little person? There's a little person in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about the black cursor? Yeah, it's a little person. Yeah, I think, I think, I didn't realize that, but I might have realized that. But I I think I'm, I when you say person in reference to that game, I feel like you start off with like a almost like a um, what's that, what's that like dr- petroglyph kind of drawing of um a fertility figure that's a person playing the flute uh, called playing the flute. Yeah, they're always playing a flute. What are, you what are they about? called? I don't know. They're fertility figures. What? I, I don't know what it is. Petroglyph. Okay. I don't know. What, I don't know what it is either. You, like if you went to if you went to a a beach tour store, there would be a shirt with these things on it. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember what they're called. 
We need to go to a beach tourist store. What are we doing right now? Thrilling Gettys? I got nothing. Is that a word? I have no idea. I I grew up in Georgia. You know I'm not cultured. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so let's talk. Let, okay, we finally made it full circle back to City Lights. Which oh, we were starting okay. to talk about whenever we went on our break. Oh, yeah. So, um, well, I think, I can't remember exactly what the reason, no, oh, I think we were talking about Le, uh, the Flounder's House one, mm -hmm. and how you're essentially picking your favorite room or changing the colors on the screen by navigating a space, even though by navigation of the space somehow being de-emphasized through the uh, lighting and architecture. Okay. Um. Whereas City of Lights, uh, you're you're controlling the image on the screen by moving through space, but uh, what moving through the space allows you to do is adding uh, levels of symmetry. Okay, so there's a lot of tall, three-dimensional uh, rectangles that look sort of like... The columns? Columns. Like in the mall? Three-dimensional. And as you walk towards them... Uh, like a colored doing some ASMR. Uh, like a colored thing comes up in the middle and they sort of kaleidoscope they turn in half and they have that kind of kaleidoscope feel to them yeah and the music there's music also Let me get that in a second so the more you maneuver you can manipulate the kaleidoscope and the colors as you maneuver through the column by by moving through them by moving and looking around in different directions right so i can see in this way how you are creating the colors onto the screen yeah but you still don't have control over it because you can't determine what it's going to do you can only say i want to do more of this or i want to do less of it the mouse can tune it. The it, tuning is absolutely the proper. The proper. That's the second time I've used that. And both times I've been like, "That's a horrible word to use." <laughs> well, I hope you think of a better one by the end of this podcast. Tuning. Tuning is a word that resonates with me when when talking about this aspect. Yeah. Yes, that's what it feels like you're doing. It especially like the thing that gets me about what one of the decisions in this game was the mouse speed it's so fast that it's hard to control without concentrating on controlling oh yeah i just hold the mouse and hit d <laughs> but the the mouse speed makes it so that like the the most control i typically end up having with this game is navigating into different areas that give you different quantities of symmetry and determining whether or not I'm inside or outside of one of the pillars. Okay. Uh, but if you're just like, if you just go into the game, walk around and look around like normal, you know, like you would in a normal game, you'll just quickly lose your visual orientation and just start making beautiful kaleidoscopic images. And so when I am trying to kind of like hypothesize and manifest something in the game i find myself moving the mouse so slowly that i'm that it feels like almost like um tuning it is it is it is like that because you have no control over it 
and you're trying to kind of gain control over it. You're trying to see what you can do and how you can do it. And you can only do that by tiny movements. Yeah. And going back to where you were before. So so here in in the examples of in games we've discussed thus far, in City of Lights, Catacombs of Solaris, which are both by the same person. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Flanda's house um, and um, Islid, not not in Source of Color, but in those other games, all of them have this kind of like, as you learn to orientate yourself, you're going to be impressed by the images. Okay, yeah. I, that's that's a really interesting dynamic to me. Uh, and when I say dynamic, I mean uh, like a, a, a almost a, a, a spectrum that kind of like seems to be a focus in these games. The focus does seem to be exploring a type of visual stimulus of pattern mm-hmm. that you don't have any control over. It's, the perspective is the object in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, but it is really difficult to maneuver in all of these games because, again, you don't have any control over it. Well, I mean... The best you can do is repeat something on purpose. <laughs> it's, like, it, it's, it's almost like scrubbing, right? It's uh, like scrubbing in audio or something where you're moving the cursor a little bit forward and a little bit back okay. to kind of like repeat something. So like when you move the mouse cursor to the right yeah and then you move it back just to make sure that you have some amount of control yeah 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 it's like you're trying to find any type of of reproducibility yeah as you go along that's how you know that it's you that's doing something (laughs) yeah yeah i wonder if that that feels necessary as just like a game or as a person that you need to feel like you have control over everything. I mean, I wonder what it is that you need. Well, when your visual when your visual orientation is so deformed mm. as it is in these games, mm. it, uh you want a reference? Well, I, I I find myself like, you know, um wanting to explore how the visuals are occurring. Mm. And and in these cases, they're they're doing it through 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 player input. Hmm. Let's talk about the La Forte. Wait, you don't want to talk it? You the, okay. Eh, eh. The first time we had the conversation about visual games when we talked about City of Lights back in episode two two, uh, we also talked about Ephemer by barnack barnack and you didn't want to talk about you you were like i was the one that had to talk about that game then and i'm the one that has to talk about that game now (laughs) sorry freaking barnack could be the soundtrack of my life like i could just have barnack music just playing in my little head as a walk around all day (laughs) the soundtrack from ephemer no like in barnack in general like all their games i my dream is to have like a Barnack SoundCloud where I can just play it and like move I have around no all day. Idea. I don't know what you're referencing. Well, okay. Every time I think of Barnack, I just think of how great their sounds are. Uh, this game is another color shape manipulation game. It's very much 3D, but instead of it being an environment like Catacombs of Solaris or 
city lights, it's a shape that's in front of you. It's a random shape generator. You press space bar in order to get a new random shape. And each one is going to terrorize you, most likely. And you can tune it. And you can tune it. Yeah, and they all have sounds associated with them. And that's the strength, in my opinion, of Barnett Games, is how good the sounds are. And how well they mix with the images. And this one, most of them are abrasive. Yeah. It absolutely adds like a severity and a texture to the images that you see. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I I mean, this is still one of my very favorite visual games. Just because every one of them matches so well. And it's like, you have no control over this. You're going to press space bar and get something. But you do have control over it. You, you can you can tune it to a lot of exactness. It just I have no idea what those buttons are doing. Well, yeah, but if you take enough time to like learn them, you will. They're just giving me numbers. Nothing seems to be changing. Have you seen a noticeable change when you press any of those buttons other than the numbers showing up on the screen going larger or smaller? Yes. Really? Yes. Give me an example. Uh, changing the background color. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. Changing whether or not sound occurs at all. Really? Wow, you made a lot of progress in this game. I think one of them changes how many planes are, 2D planes are applied to the mm. shape. Mm. Most of the colors are like pulsating strobe effect, which I can't do. Uh, but it's just cool, I think. As far as not having any control over a game, just seeing what is being served to you in the form of shape and color and light. So if if the game didn't have the the get a random roll button, yeah, you probably wouldn't play it. No, I wouldn't. That's really right. I mean, I I I really appreciate that button myself. Yeah, there's something about random generating you're gonna get something great it's like a it's like a slot machine yeah because sometimes i do get something great and i just want to leave it on the screen the the thing that i think about with this game in comparison to the others is that all the others are like so a source of color you're moving around a cursor for placement and then pressing the space bar for color timing um and then the others that we've discussed you're basically affecting the visual environment by moving around in a 3D with 3D controls with uh, third or first person controls. Okay. And then in Ephemer, you're changing the visual uh, imagery simply by navigating the logic of the controls. Like the entire keyboard in this game is ba are basically buttons that affect different things. I thought it was only the number of keys. Uh -uh. Ooh. So, so you're not navigating by moving around with a first-person shooter or a first-person controller. You're navigating by just exploring what the buttons on the keyboard does, which is to me like a, like a logical, like you're exploring the logical system of the controls. This sort of reminds me of this game that you made of yourself. Uh, this too shall pass. And in it, you're making a game, and you're like, what color do I want the background to be? Blue or green? Yeah, tuning again? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, when you make a game, you spent three quarters of your time, it seems like, like tuning small things. I agree. And that's what this is. It's like, if you're not a game maker, 
you can still spend a lot of time trying to change it to the way you want it. But I didn't know you could use the whole keyboard. So let's talk about the forest. Um, in the forest, you have a nighttime scene? Oh, it's by Yulia Kozhimyako. Good job. Thanks. Here, here to serve. <laughs> Wait, I want to try. I want to look at the Okay. Name. Where is it? Use them syllables. Sound it out. Yulia Kozhimyako. There you go. He did it with confidence. Did I? No. Um. So in the, <laughs> in the description, it reads that this game is based off of Max Ernst's paintings of forests. I'm a big fan of Max Ernst. I was excited when I saw that. Well, Max Ernst has different types of paintings, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of the collages. Are the I'm getting the I got the impression that this the forest paintings are. Based off of the, um, where he, like, puts something against the paint and then peels it back off. Oh, really? You got that impression? Is that not the case? I didn't read it. Well, you know how Max Ernst made a lot of paintings by, like, painting on a, two surfaces and then pressing them together? No, I did not know that. I mostly focus on the collages. So, it gives a, it gives a lot of detail without actually, like, oh, that makes sense. doing brush strokes to each spot. Okay. Then, well, in this case, uh, it looked like petrified wood. So it's very likely that happened. And there's like a smear quality to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It makes total sense with this game. Wow. They really did a great job. <laughs> yeah. In this game, uh, it kind of recreates it. You have like this uh, round thing in the sky that you have in the paintings. You ha You plant a tree. And as soon as you plant a tree... More trees appear. Yeah, and did you get an did you get an idea of the logic of how where they appear? You just get surrounded. It's like to me, this is a great Halloween game. Right now, it's just in time for Halloween because it is spooky as fuck. You need to say Halloween properly. Okay, it's just in time for Halloween. You do it better than me. Do it. Okay, you say the just in time part. Just in time. Just well, I'm, you guys, you say the just in time for part. Just in time for Halloween. Okay, usually you're not so embellish. Okay, I'll try it less. One Give me another time. chance. One more time. Just, wait, just no. in time for Halloween. That's a good one. Okay, so it's creepy as fuck, man. You're you're in a you you put down your tree. And there's like some music going. It's like some easygoing music. It's nothing too overpowering. And then you turn around, there's another tree. And you turn around, there's like three trees. Doesn't it make a sound effect every time there's a tree? The music speeds up. You turn around, there's like ten trees. And on top of it, there's like this smear effect. It's like uh, trails kind of like, what do you call it? it if you use Unity, it's uh, the do not draw. And so everything is kind of... Grow until or do not clear i think it's called yeah until the trees are completely surrounding you the music is going really fast and you can't move and then it's over it's so great okay okay i love this so much because there's an end 
and I get more and more anxious until it, it, it's like it ends automatically. Yeah, yeah. it's like you great to... being lost in the forest. Yeah, and then it, and then it just boots you out. Mm-hmm. Or you're dead. That's how I assume. So trees eat you. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to. Well, I want to talk about this, but I'm realizing I need another game in reference to talk about. Oh, it. what game is that? Um, the co- a cosmic forest. Okay. Okay. So a cosmic forest is by. I think it's, uh, Titwan, Malay. <laughs> every question, it's... every 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 name we have comes in the intonation of a question. <laughs> we should always wrong. <laughs> Titwan Malay. Oh, there you go. There's some comment. Hey, Steiny, you gotta get down. Okay. Um. So in this game, you have what appear to be infinite pillars of color. Uh, you can't move the camera up and down. Mm-hmm. You can only move the camera horizontally. Mm-hmm. And you can also move your camera through the space on one plane. And it, also, some of the sounds, some of the some of the colors are static. It's like TV. It's like you're trapped in a TV. Like an old TV that's turned off with those straight lines. Okay. You're talking about the color bars that yeah, are yeah, for yeah. the test pattern? Yeah. Because there's like TV static in some of the colors. So, what are you doing? so with 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 the cosmic forest, there's those those pillars. Oh, Einstein's claw is stuck in the. <laughs> uh, the the pillars. Um. The colored pillars have collision to them, right? Like they're essentially these trees that you have to move around. Oh, I didn't realize that. To me, I was just moving in a circle and they were changing like how close and far they were. Oh, you never like weaved through them? No, I didn't even know I could. I saw the crazy like pixel little... shapes doing it, but I didn't know I could. Oh, you little little creatures? Yeah. I just thought I was kind of stuck. Like... Okay. You can actually move through those trees oh. and you can come to like there's... find your favorite room. There's... Yes, there's yes, you can find your favorite room. There's like a I guess my favorite room would be a room that's all green and white trees. Oh really? Yeah. Dang, I missed out. Okay, so the the thing I I want to establish here for so that I can talk about Le Forte. The Forte? <laughs> <laughs> the French the Forest. <laughs> La Forêt. La Forêt. La Forêt. I don't know if you La Forêt. Oh. That's probably the one. Um, is is that uh, the camera can't move up and down. It can only move side to side. And you're navigating through on a plane that does not have any verticality to it. Okay. With a forest of, of collision. Like columns of color that have collision. So you're basically moving you're you're changing the visual imagery by by navigating a space on one plane but there's but the plane is essentially 2d in everything you do but it's 3d in perspective because as you move through it the shapes get larger and so on and okay and but the reason it is only really 3d or, or only really 2d is because the 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 columns are so tall and you can't move, look up and down from my perspective. Okay. So, okay. And the reason I want to talk about that is because it's actually similar to a source of color in a way, because it's kind of like 
the camera's put down on the plane of a source of color and and the color rays that come out of the cursor are vertical instead of horizontal okay 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 so in the forest in french uh the trees that are appearing on the plane um have collision to them too so you're you are weaving you can weave through them but they they crowd you in and kind of trap you yeah. in a way yeah but at the same time your your camera movement is dragging their images across the sky so to me those three games relate in a really um convoluted way yeah admittedly convoluted but that that thread of convolution i find particularly interesting this idea of like a source of color um you know being really apparent in in what it looks like a cosmic forest being almost like a uh uh deformation of a couple of the perspective aspects of a source of color and then oh i see okay that's interesting and then the forest in french being um like a a a focus on the collision aspect of a cosmic forest but with Ah. with this with a very limited quantity of colors and a, a smearing aspect that allows it to give you a huge amount of agency in the images that are being created in front of you as you orientate yourself. That's interesting. That's really interesting that you can connect them all in that way. Yeah. I, I wanted to make that point. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the whole podcast is all about. <laughs> and here it happens on hour two. Well, again, I, I'm really fascinated by this idea of like orientation... Mm. Having unintended visual effects, like or, or when I say orientation, efforts to orient yourself. Okay. Having unintended visual effects and that creating the environment that you are then trying to orient yourself within. That's pretty interesting. So I guess it's a feedback loop in yeah. a way. But I wonder if it's possible without the games being so obviously similar in in visualness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think I do. So let's talk about a game that is very dissimilar. Okay, uh, that you orient yourself through. Anything you can come up with, I'll be happy with. Okay, I wanted to talk about the Leaf game anyway. Let's talk. Oh, about perfect. Tell me how it how it relates. Well, this. Why don't you describe it? Okay, uh, Leaf, or is it just called Leaf? I don't know. I didn't write it down. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't write it down either. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'll look it up while we're doing okay, this. Okay, sorry, Sergio. This game is by Sergio for the Hour Game Jam. Uh, it shows a leaf that is floating down that you can control with the space bar. You got some classical music playing in the background, and as you travel down, there's some coins that appear. What is it called? The Beauty of a Falling Leaf. Oh, we were so wrong. Um, By Sergio Cornega. Uh, please don't uh, even try. <laughs> Cornega? Oh, Sergio Cornega. Uh, just groaning us. Um, <laughs> 
And as you go down, some coins appear, and you're supposed to touch them with the leaf. Are you? I uh, no, uh, because they're so far apart. It says collect all the coins. Uh, but there's so in in a really obnoxious signposty way. Yeah, everything is obnoxious about the coins. The coins, the coin sounds. Uh, I and mean, that's a classic video game coin sound. It, with classical music and the fucking foliage in the back. Okay, I, I, I just, I just want to, I just, I'm, I'm, ha I have feelings about this game, and I want to make sure that we remember the question that brought yeah, it up okay, in the first okay. place. I had to describe it, so which you is orientation relate. through it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Make your connection. What was the original question? Oh, the original question was: Could this be? Related. Applied to games that don't have this uh, color stripe pattern. All of these have pixels or stripes, colored stripes, mostly colored stripes. Uh, they all are very similar in visual orientation. I agree. I would say no. You can't connect this game. You can't connect it, and the reason you can't connect it is because the subject matter, or, or the, the 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 objects of the game, not the objective, but the but the but the visual objects, the actual objects in the game are so defined that the the way that they are painted on the screen is not a factor at all, right? Oh, okay, so. You have so much association with leaves and coins that you don't actually have to, like, have. If you had, well, I mean, I have associations with trees and moons, That's right? That's true. That's true. But there, they, there's, an, there's an, an effort by the design to distort it in such a way that it kind of, like, creates more than one instance of it. Right. Well, in that case, they were distorting it in a way in order to copy the original painting, which is I, which I would argue is an a, the original painting would be an effort to distort, distort the 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 visual subject. Okay, okay. In, in order to create a sense of like the essence of it that's somehow poetic, right? Right. Or in or maybe it is like a creepy, like overwhelming. You, when a lot of people go in the forest and feel closed in and overwhelmed and lost and like everything looks the same you know like everything's closing in yeah you know i i think um uh the author of uh Forte. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the forte are you le, saying the fort le, le, <laughs> it sounds like it's what the is the name what is the name of the game le forte let me see can i can i see the yeah um, here it is that's a little mark over the La Forêt. La Forêt. The Forest in French. The <laughs> author the, the author of the, La Forte. the Forest in French. There's no T in the mouth. Okay, sorry, sorry. Hey. Oh yeah, there's no E after the T is how I would think. Okay. So uh the author I think the author did a really good job of like assuming that Ernst was not seeing the forest as just a barrier from a field. Okay. But instead, seeing the forest as a barrier from the interior of it. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Huh. Which I would have not gotten from the painting itself. Yeah. But I think that that's... I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of in that idea now. Yeah. They did like a really great representation of the painting in a game form. Uh, not to divert, since we were actually having a conversation about something different. But this game really showed... 
me to me how much I enjoy having ends to games. Because when I'm in a game like this, I'm like, what am I doing? What Which game are we talking about right now? The Forest and French. Okay. <laughs> uh, the fact that that game ends is so nice for me. Like having an end to your roamings and confusion and and feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. I really appreciated that the game ended when you like, assumably die. And and there's a, there's an. You think you die? In that yeah, game? you totally die. The, the force kills you. I'll be right back while you're talking about how I'm wrong. There's, I don't have a chance of talking while you're gone. Really? So, you don't? Yeah. I'd... I'll be back in like three seconds. Okay. Sing a song. Oh, okay. Um, here's a little song I'm writing at the moment. Uh, right now. It goes... Um, do, 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 do. Okay, do, go do, 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 do. I was just getting into it. Uh... <laughs> I yeah I, I don't think you die in that game really no the the trees kill you <laughs> clearly you say it's so confident i know i mean i do feel <laughs> not that i am trying to say what the artist was trying to represent because i have no idea but in my interpretation is super clear you're dead that tr them trees they descended on you and now you're dead i would mm. Game ends. Game mm. over for you, bro. Okay. Mm. I, I don't think we've emphasized how much the collision in this game matters. Okay. Because... Emphasize. Well, I mean, I, I think you're trying to, by talking about how the trees, like, close you in, you know? Yeah. And it's not, it's not just, like... It's not just, like, the environment seems visually more busy, and so it creates a claustrophobia. Your agency of movement decreases mm -hmm. because the trees have collision in their in their occurring in more in more rapid succession within Surrounding you. closer and closer proximity to and you. And you're trying to still tell me you don't die? No, I don't think you die. I think no, I don't think you die. I think it's an increasing quality of 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 entanglement. I guess would be a way to put it like so you're infinitely stuck in a tree i think that's called dead no <laughs> <laughs> okay you remember when we were uh on the big island and we went to that park uh that started with a k is that where we brought your mom and we didn't think she was going to come back up i don't know but it makes me sound <laughs> it sounds like we took my mom to a park to lose her you know the one where you walk down into the valley. No, no, the one that was on the um the middle of the uh, east coast, that was below the donut shop. It and it had the the big birch like trees. We played oh, magic near the yeah. horses. Yeah, okay, that wasn't a park. That was a trail. That was like a walking trail we did. Okay, and we played magic yeah, in the pines. It had, it had the elf trees. It had what? The elf trees. Okay, do you remember that time we were walking? back to the car and it was like it was close to sunset and we went through the fern area we got lost and we got lost yeah i remember okay and all the trees were really super tall yeah and like my reaction was like we're gonna be fine because i remember that these tall trees came after like a more normal tree area okay and then we got basically to a normal more normal tree area but it seemed like the tall trees were continuing through it yeah. And I kind of panicked a little bit. Okay, so that's what you think of. 
then I the think, game ends. <laughs> I think that for me, when we got lost, we were totally going to die. And then we died. <laughs> the game ended. But but for ghost me, podcast. but for me, it's it, it's it's like a it's like a ghost podcast. <laughs> we're, we're actually dead. Just in time, Ralph. Um, <laughs> but uh, I I think it's I think it's like a, a a more and more severe sense of not being able to navigate. anxiety of yes yes, which is not necessarily death. Yeah. Okay. So when I was when I was like below thirteen. Uh, I decided to walk of age. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how normal people say it. That's how people who are still living say it. Yeah, right. I forgot. Uh, I I decided to walk to you know where I live in Georgia, like yeah. on the dirt road. I decided yeah. to walk to my friend's house who lives in town because she got a Nintendo and Good I wanted job. to play Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Not before? Thomasville, but Coolidge Town. I know I never done it before, but I thought if I cut through all the fields. I could just like cut through the fields and get there, right? So be- right. between that <laughs> and the fields, there was a, like some woods that I'd never been in yeah. before, and I got so lost. And I and there was like a bunch of briars, and I got really like anxious and like I was walking around. And so I guess this is what I associate it with is like you know you really feel like I'm gonna die, like there's no way out. You're just so lost. You're every- so lost, right? Just, yeah. yeah. Eventually, I found the road, and then Dad drove and picked me up, and was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, you weren't at home. You were below the age of thirteen. You were below the thirteen. What was it you said?" <laughs> anyway, so that's why I guess I I feel such a severity of it because I like totally. You know, it's like that moment where you like give up. Like, I'm gonna. Yeah. This is it. This is it. <laughs> yeah. When I watched the Vietnam documentary by Ken Burns, like they're all like, you know. Well, I was out there and the mortars were falling and like yeah, yeah. guys beside me were getting shot. I knew that I was going to die. This is it. That basically happens to us every time we go into the woods. <laughs> that's what it's like. Well, that's why I'm always like, we got to get out before it gets dark. Like, I feel like a really severe, like, if it gets dark, we're dead. There's no getting out. I'm like, if it gets dark, that's a reason that we can probably make a fire in a national park without getting in too much trouble. We can just say we got super lost and we made a fire so that you could find us. Please don't give me a ticket. Or we can use those cell phone flashlights we're always talking about. That's a federal. Is it really? I would assume so. The national forest is a is a federal property. I mean, people camp out there all the time over at Cascade. Do they? Yeah, I see people with their little camping stuff. I I mean, I just figured they go to Dick's and, and want to, like, <laughs> you know, use the shit that they bought for fucking they have $300. They right? Um, okay, so let's... Wait, let's I, okay. Can we finish our conversation while we're relating it to a non-visual game? Well, I just want to make sure we talk about the beauty of a falling leaf. Yeah, okay, we digressed a little bit. On its own terms, rather than comparing it to oh. games that it's not similar to at all. <laughs> okay. Do you want to start talking about it? You want me to... Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll give a quick description again, which is that uh, there's a single leaf on a branch. It's actually a sequel from a game where there's an inchworm going across a branch to get to a leaf the leaf then falls okay so in this game the leaf falls uh and as it's falling you can kind of control its movement horizontally as it continues to go down vertically and 
there's an obnoxious message that says collect all the coins and there's coins that are spaced out in such ways that you cannot realistically collect them all and then uh the leaf eventually hits the ground and comes to a rest and the game ends the end the end okay when i played this again i guess this is like a source of color when there feels like <laughs> sorry i'm sorry i can't not when when i when i feel like something is out of place on purpose uh it it takes all of my focus dissonance yeah when when there's an referring obvious... to the sound that's in a source of color yeah and in this case i'm referring to the the fact that there's classical music there's the leaf you're in nature everything is like fine and then you have these coins and the sound and i'm like this is so out of place it has to be intentional like it, i can't not let it drive me crazy trying to figure out why they put it in there so all the way down you're thinking why are these coins here yeah like you know if 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 you were like collecting bugs i would have never thought about oh, it. oh okay you know if you were like oh trying to prevent not getting wet from the rain i would have never thought about it but whenever you have something that feels so intentional but dissident it I have to know what the decision was because there was obviously a decision. Oh, good job, game designer. Well, no, terrible job. I couldn't figure it out. There was, I, I like thought about it and thought about it and I went to sleep. I had a dream about it where I like explained it to myself. And then, of course, I woke up and my dream logic didn't make sense. And Do you I remember went, what it was? No, no clue. And then I went and told my husband this whole story including what happens in the game and 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 your response was like oh it sounds like it's a game about needing to have a objective in a game in a game and i was like okay that's totally satisfying well, this is before i had played it right right and i'm not saying that's what the game is about but i just need there to be a, an answer that feels satisfying for me to be able to stop thinking about it the and that was an answer even though I was frustrated at myself for not thinking of an answer that felt satisfying. This is okay. I want to, I want to interrupt you. Do it. So this is an okay. This answer that you're describing, this understanding that you're describing. I, I have to be clear though. It's not necessarily what the developer was intending. intended. It's just something that's convincing enough for you to think that this is, this is a foundation by which you can begin to, appreciate the game without feeling confused that's right so i think that that is like an interesting way considering that the game is interesting to me not not like the game of like what the challenge is but like that as in the thing that exists here in that everything else is just an artifact like the actual like visuals in the sound in the mechanics all of that just being artifacts of a essence which is just like why is this stuff put together what does an artifact mean artifact is like um an artifact well okay so i'm trying to think of what a good a footprint or um uh, whenever you use a particular machine or technique in order to accomplish a task, the there are 
telltale signs of that machine or technique being used. Okay. Um, that are not necessarily intended. They are just artifacts. They are just, um, they are uh, residual information. Okay, so tell me this sentence again now that you've given me the definition of that so, word. So thinking, thinking of the, the, the piece, the art piece is a better word to use in this context than the game. The art piece as the foundation which allows you to put to, to begin to make sense of it, regardless of whether or not that sense is the same as the, the one that the artist intended. intended. Okay. Okay. Thinking of the art piece as that foundation and that allows you to make sense of something, rather than thinking of the game as the visual effects and the sound effects and the mechanics, and thinking of all of those as artifacts of this... Intention. No, not intention, but 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 uh, um, foundational piece that allows a player to make any sense of and okay. to put it into their own terms is a really interesting concept to me. It it it's it, it's like it seems almost like a um a, a switching of priorities that's intended to be like uh what's the word I'm looking for where uh you're where you're being like so skeptical that it's like revolutionary, you know? Instead, you're like, it's revolutionary. I just have to figure out how. I I think I'm still having a hard time understanding what you're trying to communicate. Can, can you, you ask me a question? Can you communicate it in a different way? What? Uh, the foundational piece thing. The whole overview. I'm confused about what you're trying to say. Mm. I'm trying to say that uh, the things that I typically consider being the game mm -hmm. uh, that I take them for granted. I, ta I take the visuals and the sound and the mechanics and the subjects for granted because without having something to attach all of it to okay. in order to create your own meaning those things feel like um, uh, uh, pieces that are asunder, that have no actual connection. And so the thing that allows you to begin to unify them into a singular experience and concept feels like it should get the priority to be called the game itself. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, that's what I was like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it was right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm not arguing that that's the case. I, it's just like when you were describing it to me. That's the feeling I got, and it was an interesting idea, and I wanted to express it. Okay, so tell me about your now interpretation of the game versus now that you played it versus my description of it. Well, okay, my interpretation of like. I, I don't My know if that's what you wanted to talk about with the game or not. Well, I mean, we're talking about the game, and I, I, I'm excited about this game. Okay. Uh, but it's not really in reference to your experience with it, to be honest. Right. No, I know. We already went through that. Now we're talking about your experience. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, uh, um. There's this to me. 
a leaf falling in autumn, a single leaf falling in autumn is... Tell us about your poetry background. Is cliche. <laughs> it's like, it's so cliche that it like is just like everyone forgot how cliche it is. It's so cliche. I didn't, I mean, again, I, I have to say I went to school in Georgia, so I didn't know that in poetry, a falling leaf meant life. If you were to ask me, if you were to ask me what six out of 20 high schoolers, no, not high school, elementary schoolers wrote a haiku about when they were given the assignment to write a haiku. We didn't write a haiku in, in elementary school. Okay. So what do you know about haiku? That uh, there is like a specific amount of verses. Okay. Anything else? Uh, it's Japanese. Okay. So one of the other things that uh, they taught us was that um, it always has to do with the season. Oh, really? Yeah. Always has to do with the season. Well, yes, but it's not completely true because, like, if you read like okay, Basho's poetry and stuff, it's not really true. Like he he writes poems for barmaids and like ain't no season in there so <laughs> i mean unless you assume butterflies are always spring so they like uh season emphasizing a season is a was a big thing when we had a haiku assignments okay i want to know what for but we can have that off camera what for yeah why like why that's part of the form yeah but why like who cares what who cares what like, why is the season such a focus? Well, why is, why does it have to be 575? Why does it have to have a focus in general? Like, I understand the verses. Okay. That's, okay. that's the format. I, I can, I that's can different than subject matter. I can answer the question as far as, like, why I think it's important. Okay. Tell, tell us. <laughs> because. Tell us Clyde's show. Because if you approach, if you approach a short poem of, you know, what's that, a total of what? Uh, five plus seven is twelve. Plus five is seventeen. Seventeen Show syllables. Yeah, I learned that in elementary school too. You were not in Georgia. <laughs> that's that's wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, l l let's just go ahead and establish that Georgia has the Hope Scholarship. Yeah, they did. I don't know if they still do. Okay, the Hope Scholarship gives what? The lottery pays for everybody to go to college. Who gets over a three point oh in high school. in high school. That's that's to me that is a prioritization of education. Yeah, uh, but when you are actually okay, you weren't a person who went to school in Georgia and had to transfer to school in Virginia Beach and then be like, "Oh, you're so behind." That's true. You're so behind. Okay. Okay, I'm not. I'm not trying to step on that experience. So okay, so we we both set our points. Okay, okay, we got we we digress. Okay, so uh, so if you have a short poem of uh, five seven five, um, and you are aware that uh, one of the essential elements of haiku is that it involve a season. Okay. Then even when it doesn't mention a season. You kind of, kind of like ask yourself, well, which season is this in? And so it basically implies further. Uh, it seems like every poem substance. would be about nature or being outside or something like related to time. I don't know much about Japanese culture, but I assume that 
the different seasons, especially when Haiku was popular, had diff- different implications. Almost, almost like horoscopes or something. You know what I mean? Okay. And and I I would say that you know we kind of had those where you know winter is like synonymous with death in a way. Yeah. Uh, Spring is like everything's coming to life. Yeah, in birth. Yeah. Summer yeah. as the fullness of life. Yeah, and autumn plentiness. as the the eventuality of death yeah start uh, storing babies a- aging right yeah so okay. so i th- i think that even even if you're not writing a haiku about nature if you're hi- writing a haiku about um the feel of your paper uh it can it's different for what season you're in it can it can basically allow okay. you to imp- i see it gives you a reference of your frame of mind at the time like what your priorities are it gives you another layer of meaning to it to to apply to it so that it can be more than what would typically be possible with 17 total syllables okay i'm feeling it let's do it okay so uh when i think of what a fifth or sixth grader would write a haiku about given that explanation that it always involves sixth grader in gifted class or is this a regular class that's a great question i don't know the answer to that um uh, I would think that a falling leaf would pretty much be a single falling leaf would pretty much be what most of the kids would <laughs> write a poem about. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I'm guessing that my haiku lesson happened in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, wow. so when I play this game, I'm like, I'm like, this is, in, oh yeah, this Clyde, is in, fifth or sixth Clyde grader coming back up. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, this is infused with like my like, uh, uh, plastic cubicle containers of kid art upstairs. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the many many. Like 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 it, it it's it it all feels like it's in, in that same kind of like like in not in reference to it but like depending on it and so you have this like uh this uh idealist kind of version of poetry um in its subject in one of its cliche subject matters getting a game treatment okay i'm feeling it uh and collect the fucking coins (laughs) Oh, okay. So I can totally see how that goes. You're like you're living your life. You have to like do this thing. Okay. Wow. I could see how that uh, works really well together with your interpretation of the falling leaf. And and you know coins are like you know something I would consider basically more obvious. The fucking falling leaves right there. The the arbitrary kind of like layer that's put upon us. Yeah. In order to survive Success. in this life, yeah. you know, and, yeah, yeah. or in this society, and and poetry being kind of like something that's supposed to be expressive of the experience of life. Okay. So and the, the fact that it's impossible to actually do it in the game, even though they tell you you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So well, but you can collect some coins. Yeah, but you can't. It Co- says you have to collect all of them. I mean, they tell you have to collect all of them, and then like they make it impossible to do it. Well, to me, I never it never even occurred to me like that there might be a different state of the game if you collect all the coins. You or anything. can't collect all the. It's like physically impossible. I never managed to try to collect all of them. I guess. 
Well, see, what I'm saying is it goes with your interpretation because your goal is to do it and it's impossible. And then you try harder to do it because you're supposed to. And then you miss more because you're trying to do the ones that you. Oh, miss. interesting. So it's like it's like a feedback loop of failure because you're trying so hard to do this thing that's impossible. Huh. It, it is. It goes well with your interpretation. Cool. Yeah. And my, my experience with it was more like uh, it seemed like something to kind of like entertain my way down. But I'm just going to end up on the ground. Well, you didn't feel overwhelmed by the instructions that you had to collect all Correct. of them. Correct. I think this goes with Clyde's lifestyle. I, I, it, it was like, oh, I, like, I'm near this coin. I'll go ahead and grab it. I might as well. Like, there's nothing else I'm doing midair. And, but see, I think that that's kind of mm, depressing in a way, right? Why? Well, because... In by comparison, you could you could have like um uh photos of like you and friends like hiking through the woods and getting lost <laughs> on on the way down, right? Okay. You, you could have like not necessarily rites of I mean rites of passage would be a cliched way to do it, but you could have something that is you know symbolic of. Uh, satisfying life experiences that are instantaneous mm. that are but instead you were trying collectible to like... on the way down but instead you're just trying to collect coins yeah and and so and then once you get to the end i i don't i i can't even remember if it keeps score yeah i i can't remember either but it's not like you can spend them on anything <laughs> like you just end up at on the ground having collected coins or not having collected coins whereas if if it was something like memories, you know, you could kind of like create a story of what then happened on the way down. have a bunch of bins upstairs full of kid art. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I didn't establish, like, I'm not sure if this is obvious or not, but, or not, but the idea of like a falling leaf being a lived life. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, okay. Oh, yeah. It might not have been anybody who made it this far obvious. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 uh, to me, it's like the fact that that it is only coins and that you can't collect them all yeah but also that that's the focus for everybody anyway like you know that really is the thing that they is well known as your life's goal if life was a game it would be to collect coins that's what i think this game is about that's exactly what i think that's about this really game is about is, is that the the easiest goal for us to have as we move through life because of the society in which we live is to collect and accumulate money whereas everything else requires circumstance mm. uh and awareness mm -hmm. in order to even and a lot more than that too but yeah a lot it requires a lot versus to, to focus on things that are not just money yeah. because money is the most obvious thing that we're and provided easiest. with as a goal yeah and so to me that it, it was it was like this poem game about that lack of imagination that we have as a society. That's really interesting. Uh, I have to cheat a little bit, even though I feel really bad about this. Uh, you talk to the person who made this game. What did they say it was about? Did they they didn't. No, they didn't tell me that. I don't think so. They didn't. 
I don't think I don't think he told me. Yeah, you guys were playing. I heard you ask. Yeah, I uh, Sergio asked me what my thoughts were on the game, and I told him basically that uh, I think a falling leaf is a cliche for a poem, and they said, "I agree." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, I'm not trying to, like, make things about anything. Sometimes, you know, it's just fun to, like, or not sometimes. The whole point of this is that it's fun for us to think about what we think about when we play games, and it doesn't necessarily have to be right. I was just really curious, since you talked about the game, if you knew. I see. Yeah. I am not trying to make any game about anything. And even, so, I have a question for you, then. So, are you saying that, uh... Are you saying, do you think that the artist that made the game has more of a say about what the game's about? Okay, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get into this conversation, (laughs) Uh, but there has been like people who feel very strongly that they don't want their games interpreted and want like everybody to have their own experience. And that once we like have our interpretation, it feels like it's given other people. We put a lot of weight on that scale. Yeah, it gives just people by talking about the it inability so to to make their own. It's like we make it about something that it potentially isn't, or that other people can't make it about what it's about to them, and they don't like that. And so I'm not trying to like make people not want us to talk about their game. But it is really fun to talk about our experiences with them, and I don't want to lose that ability because uh, people don't want their game talked about. It's like, you know when I make a list? I, 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 I mean, it's so hard for me not to be just like, fuck them. I mean, yeah, it's but it's so hard their art. No, it's mine. <laughs> I'm, I mean, like, I, I have a really controversial opinion about this, yeah, I and, and I, I don't know if okay. how many people are aware of it, but basically... I feel like if I play a game, then that playthrough is essentially mine. If I read a book, then that read through is essentially mine. And I don't. I mean, think... your opinion is yours, and that's what you get out of it. But like, I'm I'm investing so much when I'm participating in being an audience for anything that I find it offensive that an, that an artist could claim that. That experience that I have invested is should be dismissed or ignored. Yeah, I mean, I don't prefer it. I still want to be able to talk about it. I just want to make sure I'm disclaiming that. You just don't want to be confronted. Well, I want to disclaim. Well, yeah, obviously. But <laughs> I, I want to disclaim that I'm not trying to say that I think this is what the game is about. Because I'm not trying to say that. Like, even confronted or not. You're not trying to say that it's objectively about that thing. Yeah, I'm just trying to say, this is what I got out of it. These are my opinions. Mm-hmm. This is what it means to me. Um, If it's... I do want to get a yes or no on, on this from you. Ooh. Is, is it okay... Is it okay to discuss the, potent, the possible objectives of... Let, of us hypothetically trying to establish what a game is about i mean to us yeah well i mean like can can we like can we like be like well if it's evil christian clad uh trying to like get one over on someone or something like what what even would that objective be i don't know what you're talking about i don't okay so let's suppose that i'm like 
let's suppose that the reason that I wanted to do this podcast was because I wanted to establish that my interpretation of um, uh, the beauty of a falling leaf is the only correct one. Yeah, but you wouldn't do that. Well, no, I wouldn't do that. But yeah, let's, I know. But I... let's suppose hypothetically that it that it is. What that like, would be weird, but okay. Yeah, exactly. That would be I weird. guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, who yeah. would do that? N- yeah, I know. I know. I I know that, and you know that. I just want to make it clear on the podcast for people who don't know that. I just feel like sometimes you have to say something. It's, apparently sometimes you do. <laughs> okay, let's go before we say any other words. Okay, everybody. Wait, 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 wait. Um, we didn't ask our questions of each other. Oh, do we have any questions? We have to, like, I get to ask hey. you one question and you get to ask me one question. Oh, okay. You ask me first. I don't even know what this is about. Um, I want you to tell me what you think about making our own Sherlock consulting detective game. Oh, okay. 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 Here's some uh, very brief backstory. We're playing a Sherlock detective story. I'm addicted to detective things because I'm really into Agatha Christie. And this game, you think of what you want to say or who you want to ask, and then you go to their house and ask, and you have a book that has addresses. And you go there and you get one thing from them. From each address. This might change later. We've only done one case. I, I don't think it's going to Well, yeah. Okay, so we can improve this by having multiple days of being able to go back to the That would just make it look more, more complex. Well, I mean, like, there's some houses where there was a dead person. And then we want to go back and find out what's going on. Or, like, we're going to the cop and they're talking about fucking Bobby Field. Yeah, but what what what, what if you go to the dead person's house and then it's like you find a note that's another address? How is that not essentially the same as having another day at the same address? I just feel like, okay, so I want to go back and talk to the same people after I have more information. When you have more information, your questions change. You can't even ask questions. I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Okay, but that's not the point. You can't ask questions. You're going back. You go the, one this time. is the format, and, 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 and that would be what we would be making, right? Yeah. And you get what you get. But on top of it, I mean, they gave us a second murder case that didn't have anything to do with the main murder case just to confuse us. We were trying to make it harder than it was. We were assuming that the two were connected. I mean, so what was your question? How could I make it better? Well, no, it's just like... I want you to. I want to ask you about the ex, the sense of the accessibility of design. Okay. Like well, what? Like does it seem easy, and why? We had a hard time because we were stuck the whole time. I mean, I mean, to design it, does it seem easy to write it? Oh yeah, it seems super easy, because all you have to do is have a clue to a place, and put in a little detail. I mean, I've been trying to think of how to make mystery games for a really long time. This is super basic. You think of a place to go and you get one piece of information from that place and it doesn't even have to be a real piece of information? I mean, I don't think I'm answering your question. No, I think you are. But really... 
Because I, I, I think is what ends up happening is so in the, in Sherlock Consulting De- Detective, you get a map, you get a phone book, mm-hmm. uh, and then you get like um some a hint system, which is basically different professionals to check in with, mm-hmm. and so you can kind of use those the variety of those tools and determine what variety of those tools you want to use in order to follow any particular lead. Mm-hmm. And the leads are always going to be just something you see in a snippet. Yeah. And and so I think that the decision to decide which lead you're going to follow and how you're going to follow it is enough of a sense of agency that you can really enjoy moving through a story, even though that story is written pretty basically. You can if it's clear where you're going. But as soon as you get stuck, it's just horrible and frustrating. What? How long? Unpaused. Uh, do 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 all right, so I did a terrible job answering my question, but I'm going to ask you yours. Uh, you didn't. Uh, no, I, I'm satisfied. Right now, it's just in time for Halloween. Halloween. You usually do. I, I wonder. Halloween. And we're making some Halloween. Halloween. Related games for <laughs> Botober. Botober. There's not two O's. Botober. Uh, you're right i know uh so my question is you're doing a really excellent job in making your game spooky i'm just going with the theme and making some goofy ass games but you're doing a great job making your game spooky so tell me because you told me it took a while to figure out how to make spooky games what is the difference between spooky and creepy and how can you make a spooky game creepiest creepy is the narrative and the characters spooky is the aesthetic Yep. So when you say on that lollipop I was second on? That would be a character. Okay. So what makes something creepy? Narrative and character that feel threatening. So what makes it spooky? Green fog. Shadows. Undefined shapes. Um, eerie sounds. It's all aesthetic. How it's is that all like scary. Is scary and spooky the same thing? I don't know the answer to that. I haven't thought much about scary. But you're good at making spooky games. Thank you. But what would you? So you go for fog. Yeah, fog is a big one. Really? Yeah, fog. I would say is the biggest. Fog. I think fog is probably the spookiest thing. So if you have a character. How would you stop them from being creepy? Colored fog, especially. How would you stop them from being creepy and make them spooky? If what? If you have a character in a in a spooky game. Um, you want to make them basically seem like they're not a threat. Uh, there's a lot of ways to do that, but the way I would probably use is to make them seem really obvious in their motivations and technique. So, like, if you have a killer, you know, if you have someone that's trying to kill you. Like, make them almost like, you know, they're chasing after someone slowly with an ice pick. You know, like, and you always know where they are. 
Does that make sense? So they're not creepy. That makes it so that they're not creepy because they are so known. Okay. Right? Yeah. Cre- creeping, creepiness is largely about, like, uh, mistrust. Oh, like, really? Yeah, it's like um, not knowing what the true intention of someone that's got a lot of accessibility to you is. Okay. The I would say that the classic creepy story is the call is coming from inside of the house. Oh, yeah. That's not spooky. That's creepy. Okay. Spooky is that in your neighborhood, there's a house that's in disrepair, and no one really knows the person that lives there, but everyone knows about them, right? Okay, so that's not creepy. That's not creepy. That's spooky, because that person has no accessibility to anyone. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone knows that they're always there. They're always going to be there. Do you think it's possible to make a spooky visual novel because it's all about characters and less about setting? I shut him up. I mean, that's a really good question. Because visual novels are... All characters. Mostly characters and dialogue. Um... Like, you can have fog, but it's a picture of fog. It doesn't really do anything. Uh, pictures of fog do a lot. Really? Yes. But, I'm uh, going to have a fucking fog-ass game. Dude, I'm telling you, fog is, like, really helpful. I know I say that over too much, but, like, it's really true. I mean, really this true. is the second time you've said it, but okay. Um. Spooky. Yeah, I do. I think, I, yes. I do think it's possible. Uh... Yes, I do think it's possible. If there's never a sense that, like, simply put, if if, if there's never a, if if the characters in the visual novel feel like they can basically trust each other, and that they're not, it's not like a spy novel, you know, it's not like you have to worry about who's going to betray who and who's the real killer kind of stuff. Okay. Then it can be spooky instead of creepy because like it can be about a circumstance that's occurring. I I can th- I can think right now about a spooky experience I had that could be put in visual Ooh, novel. Ooh, okay, tell me. The um when uh, me Anna and Gurney were walking down that street oh, and, and you saw the clown. And we saw the clown in the window. Like that that was spooky as fuck. That sounds creepy as fuck. Well, it was it was creepy except for that there was no way for that person to even begin to get us or to get anyone else well no that's not true because yeah they could have just easily left the house and killed you yeah it was pretty creepy yeah i don't know but i i i, I suspect that it's I, th- I suspect that it's possible okay okay but so... it, but it's not you're not playing with trust right you're playing with like aesthetic okay that's the important thing to remember. but yeah visual novels is all it's not aesthetic. Well, there's a lot of aesthetic too. Visual novels, like gothic architecture, could do a lot mm. for spookiness. You know, I I think, or 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 the fact that like you know, someone that's supposed to be dead is actually alive. That's spooky, not really? creepy. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Zombies as, are spooky. As long as they're not a threat, right? Okay. It's like it's like I think creepy is like a thriller yeah if i make something not a threat then it's going to be comedy i mean you know you i know, just make comedy you know in how in the hong sisters ghost shows how the ghouls always feel like they can't really do any damage yeah 
That makes it spooky. It makes it silly. Yeah, well, spooky is silly. Really? I think so. You think so? Yeah, it's like it's like walking through a haunted house where like, you know, everything's going to have the aesthetic, but there's not going to be any threat present. Okay. Okay. So is this the last podcast ever? Yeah. No, why? Why would you say that? Because I ask at the end of every episode whether or not this is the last podcast. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No, we're going to do this until we I die. can't tell if you're playing with me. I cannot tell if you're playing with me. I really had no clue. Uh, no, we're doing this for the rest of our lives. Okay. It might take another five years or however many years it's been since we did one. I think it's been at least two years. Really? I mean, we've recorded them. <laughs> we have not published them. <laughs> I wonder if this one will get published. Probably not. You're so picky. All right, Chrissy and Clyde out.